how can you be part of a religious community that straight up sometimes it feels like the church is trying to hold the church seems to be stuck in their ways when the rest of the why are they so obsessed they keep trying to get answers i would never be a part of a church that is not welcoming the church is the most vocal political voice against some churches still the one they claim that worship was the actual how can your story be good news when the majority of people on the church end up going to hell when the rest of the like, culture how is that actually It seems like so much of the church is more concerned with being a good American anti-critical than they are being a good homophobic, too narrow, judgmental, disconnected from what is truly happening in the real world. Ah, <sighs> the church needs therapy. Welcome to the newest episode of The Church Needs Therapy. And I'm actually just going to jump right into the teaching that I have because this teaching is connected with the teaching that I did last week. So last week, I kind of forget what I titled it, but it was essentially about like spiritual experience and inner authority and people's expectations and external authority and the difference between living from a place of inner authority that, you know, that inner authority coming out of deep spiritual experience and living up to the expectations of people. Such a different feel in our lives, such a different way when it comes to making decisions. And really, it's just a path that enables us to have clarity and that gives us the freedom and the courage and the the simple feeling of living out of our authentic self and desires. Like it's really not complicating conceptually. It's just complicated because the voices of expectations, the voice, the, the internal inhibitions and barriers get in the way. So that's why this week is okay. We're ta- last week was let's talk about the role of spirit of inner experience and inner authority. And now this week is let's talk about a couple things that just right off top might get in the way of our own inner authority, might get in the way of our authenticity. Let's name a couple of those things. Let's talk about what we have to let go of to allow the authentic sound of our own voice to emerge. I wasn't planning on saying that, but I like the sound of that. Let's What do we have to let go of to allow the authentic sound of our own voice to emerge? So the first thing, the first thing we need to let go of in order to live from this deeper place of inner authority is the need for reassurance or permission from external authority. So how many people out there find yourself looking for reassurance from others all the time, right? It's like when you, it's like the, the, the kid goes off to college and, you know, freaks out in a grocery store and calls their mom to figure out what shampoo they should buy, right? It's like someone, some external source, give me reassurance and give me some sense of permission so I can feel good about making a decision, right? And for me, at 18, I tell this story in more details in my first book, when I walked away from college sports and music, I I cannot, I don't think I could explain enough how much I failed to meet any expectations that every person in my life had on me. Like I disappointed so many people, received quite a bit of judgment and just heard criticism as a result of that decision. 
Right at 18, I moved to Hawaii to start over. I moved here to try to get sober. I moved here to get away from my neighborhood. I moved here because I just had this spontaneous awakening moment with God. And of course, I moved here to be with my girlfriend who I loved as well. That was pro- that was the main catalyst bringing me out here, who I'm now married to, my wife, Christine. And I made this drastic shift from my work my whole life at 18 to put myself in a position to go further into music and sports. And I walked away because I just didn't care anymore. I moved to Hawaii to start over. Almost When I did that, almost nobody understood or celebrated my decision. It seemed like I was making the biggest mistake of my life, but... Beneath the layers of other people's voices and what I'm supposed to want, I knew exactly what I was doing. The divine light switch that was turned on in me after my initial awakening and experience with God enabled me to see with clarity. Not see everything, not have knowledge of everything I didn't have knowledge of before, but it gave me the clarity to see what I actually wanted. This clarity gave me the ability to carefully discern and very naturally discern between what I wanted and what others wanted for me, right? There's a difference between what you want and what others want for you. So often what we think we want is actually what others have wanted us to want for so long. We thought those desires were our own, but they weren't, right? They were planted there by somebody else. Not maliciously, they just were. The clearness of this new way of seeing allowed me to easily distinguish between the desires inside that were sort of naturally being born out of my own spirit and the ones that were planted there by others. Which means I could spot the different feeling between what I wanted and what others wanted me to want. Right? That's such a huge thing on the spiritual journey is really feeling your way through and knowing and sensing the difference between what I want and what others or the culture or the people around me want me to want, or even what you think you're supposed to want. The mystics know only authentic inner experience of God gives us inner authority in my life. And what's fascinating is a pattern I recognized in my own life was at 18, I made this one of the biggest, if not the biggest, life-altering decision of my life that established me on a whole new trajectory. And I completely upended my life, let go of everything I was doing, took this massive risk, and really started over. And then at 28, 10 years later, I did the same thing. Christine and I were now moving back to Hawaii with this deep sense of calling to start a church. And we took a huge financial risk, huge relational risk, left all of our best friends, left a life that we knew and that we could have found our own groove in. And we left life totally upended again to start over. And now at 38, when we were, I'm 38 now and I was 37, I think at the time, but when we decided to close down Imagine, I was I knew I was approaching 38 and I said, wow, it seems like there's a pattern in my life of every 10 years, my life is completely upended and I start over and I begin again and I walk away. And it's vol it's it's voluntarily. Right? These so often the elements of risk 
are born out of these spaces after an unexpected disruption. So something's disrupted, your way of life is stripped from you. There's this liminal open space of unknowing. And in that, you're almost, it feels like you're forced to innovate and make these new decisions. And beautiful things can come from there. But sometimes those big decisions can be voluntary because even if things are going well, we know there's something else, another risk a new relationship, a new creative opportunity, just just this natural evolution of yourself wanting to go in a new place. And I've I've there's each time I've had to trust that deep, oh this is scary, it's risky, I don't know if it's going to yes, it's all those things. But at a deeper level I know exactly what I'm doing. And the see the inner this is how I would say it. The inner authority from how the spirit of God makes you real, right? I remember this Thomas Merton quote where he says, pride makes us artificial, but humility makes us real. The humility of taking off all the layers of who we're not and putting our fragile sense of self in the presence of God, that humility and the power that comes from that, right? This inner authority from the spirit means we begin to see with our own eyes, feel with our own bodies, know with our own knowing, and ultimately live our own lives. No religious leader can think our thoughts for us. No parental figure can see for us. No mentor or guide can feel our feelings for us or participate in the intimate relationship we have with our own dreams and desires. No person we look to as an expert will ever have the capacity to choose for us, right? What could any external authority give me that the authorizing presence of the spirit has not already given me? What can they give you that the authorizing presence of the spirit has not already given you the capacity for within? See, I remember when Christine and I first started Imagine, one of the an idea we communicated to our team, I think, and I knew I carried with me was this. We ask our elders for guidance and wisdom, but we never ask for permission. I'm going to say it again. We ask our elders, the people you respect, the people you allow to speak into your life, whoever they are. We ask people for guidance and wisdom, but we do not ask for permission. Permission to do what we know we are here to do? No. Permission to do it the way we feel called to do it? No. Permission to be ourselves? Of course not. Guidance? Yes. Permission? No. Right? This monumental shift toward inner authority is about waking up to that sacred and startling truth that no one else is here to give you permission. And eventually realizing that's a good thing. To see how this natural movement from experience to authority takes place in the scriptures, let's take a look at at least what I see as one of the prototypes of a life empowered by inner authority and one of the original mystics in the Christian tradition, the Apostle Paul. So Paul's spontaneous awakening moment with Christ began with the sudden burst of light. And I'll, I'll, here, here, here's, I'll, I'll read about it right now. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. 
He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could not see or he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. So while Paul is traveling, he is suddenly overwhelmed and shocked by this flash of light. Identifies the light with Jesus, goes blind temporarily, and somehow becomes the leader of an entire movement which has Christ at the center. Now, this is a quick sidebar that I thought of. You know, this quote I posted on Instagram yesterday, it was a, it was a quote, I think, from my second book, and it said, you can be less certain and more free. Right? For people who's, who are deconstructing, whose faith is evolving or questioning their beliefs, that's an important thing to know. You can be less certain about your beliefs, right? You're less certain about what you think about God, less certain about what you believe about Jesus, less certain about how this all fits, right? But you can be less certain about those abstract beliefs and more free in Christ. It's like you can say, I am less confident in what I believe about God, but more free in this reality that I'm loved by God. That is a liberating and helpful thing to keep in mind as our faith grows. Now, back to what I was saying. So we hear this story from Paul. And years later, as he looks back and reflects on this moment, right? So the book of Acts tells this story. But in Galatians, Paul's reflecting on this story now and writing about it. And so when Paul writes about in Galatians 1.10, Paul writes this. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb, called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, my immediate response, I love this part, and this has been with me since my early 20s when I first had my own awakening moment with God, probably one of the first times I ever heard this passage. Paul said, my immediate response, right after this experience, my immediate response was not to consult any human being. All right, first, what happened? Saul, the most oppositional force to the blossoming Jesus movement, has this unprompted experience of and this powerful and profound awakening in Christ. Second, how does he describe his response to it? He claims that the message of Jesus is not something he learned from any person or form of authority, but rather a direct receiving of and revealing from Christ. He then goes on to audaciously say that he did not first respond by consulting any human being, that he is not looking for any approval from people or trying to please them, and that he has this deep sense, which is really a deep knowing in his own body, right? It's embodied, his own personal knowing that he's been, it's, it, it, that God's called him by grace. Authentic experience of spirit. 
no need for validation from authority, no desire for, desire for approval from people, immovable confidence in the truth of what happened. By the way, there's a difference in the in our in life as a whole, but in our journey of faith, there's a difference between confidence and certainty. And kind of like what I said before about being less certain but more free, you can be confident without being certain. Right? Am I confident? Say in my own life right now in a major transition, am I confident the decisions that I'm making are good? Yes. Am I certain the decisions I am making are right? No. But I would also say that that question, that that even the paradigm that allows that question to emerge, am I certain this is right? That isn't even a valid question for me. I don't ask that question. Is what I'm is the decision I'm making right or am I certain? No, is it good? Is it beneficial? Does it feel real to me? Does it bring me joy? Does it bring life to the world? These are the creative possibility filled questions that give us the freedom to make real decisions with our life. I'm not asking, am I certain this is right? I'm like, no, am I confident the direction I'm going in is good? And I'm also confident I can do many things that are good as well. That's the freedom we're talking about when it comes to a co-creative life from God that flows from the depth of our own inner authority. But Paul's experience clearly shows us that the radical embrace of inner authority is only born out of the womb of inner experience. And that the confidence to stand up and move forward on the grounding nature of grace, right? We stand on the ground, this grounding nature of grace. In order to do that, it demands that we let go of the need for any form of external authority to validate our experience. What can they tell you you don't already know because of the internal light that has enables you to see? Letting go of the need for confirmation from the outside frees us up to trust the Christ of the inside. Of course, and I will say this, I understand how this individualistic idea, kind of like authority outside of community that's not checked by relationships or whatever. I understand how this individualistic idea that it's just God and me can lend itself to some kind of self-assured, delusional, and abusive form of religious power where a toxic leader dangerously equates everything he does, because let's be honest, that's that's usually going to be a he does with divine permission. But that's, I say that because I get that, but that's not what I, that's not what I'm talking about at all. And honestly, those guys are pretty easy to spot. But you know, in another letter to the Corinthians, Paul wrote, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. See, when you first begin to make that transition from placing ultimate trust in external authority and leaders to trusting the inner authority and God's leading, there is a real sense of loss that arises. I want you to know that I know that. The stabilizing comfort that you used to receive from the affirmation or permission of authority figures like your parents or pastors or teachers or anyone you allowed to sit on that seat of power in your life is taken away from you, right? That's a real thing. And also, I think the awareness of that is 
this also this journey allows us to look back when Paul says when I was a child I, I thought I talked like a child I thought like a child when I became a man I put child put the ways of childhood behind me that wasn't bad for you to look to others for validation when you were young for some of your decisions no that was what you needed at that point your ego and sense of self was still being formed and solidified and fortified at that point and the voices of others the the people around you have a role in solidifying shaping and fortifying your egoic sense of self that's not bad it's just not going to be the way to the future beyond your egoic sense of self so what was helpful for you back then might be might be hindering you now what was saving you back then might not be serving you anymore and what was making a way back then is actually getting in the way of the way god is making for you and with you and through you and in you and as you right now so we can always look back and not feel guilt or shame that we used to allow people to have an external authority. No, there was a time in our life where that was helpful and necessary and good. But there comes a point where if we're relying on parental figures, religious leaders, or whoever it is to give us permission at older stages of our life, that is a sign that we have some real growing to do and trusting in the sound of our own voice and the truth of our own ability to see that's the it's an invitation it's not a it's not a a looking back negatively on the past it's an invitation to the future because when that happens it's no longer as simple as well you know my dad says or my mom says or my pastor says or even the bible says <clears throat> i mean even because even now, God is no longer, when this happens, God is no longer an object outside of me I look to for permission. God has a presence woven into me that I seek to be in creative and loving alignment with. Right? Even you're not looking for God outside of you to tell you exactly what to do. No, we can leave those childish ways behind us. But we can live in this co-creative <clears throat> and ongoing participatory journey in the life of God to co-create, to make decisions, to innovate, to be in tune with, to be aligned with. It's a whole different empowered journey that does not limit the power and presence of God, but it transforms it as we embrace our own, as we embrace the power of our own presence and how much authority and freedom God has really given us to be human. And even though we lose a sense of comfort, we lose a sense of ease when it comes to relying on external authorities, the good news is that the false sense of comfort you experience from the certainty of trusting an authority is replaced with this deep, this deeper sense of excitement that comes from living into possibilities. It's no longer, am I doing the right thing? It's how am I creatively living into a future that is filled with divine possibility at all times. And the more you let go of that childish need for affirmation from authority, the more you gain the sacredness and power of your own voice.
the more I'm going to say it. I was going to do a couple things, but you know what? I'm just going to end with one thing today. Maybe next week or, or soon I'll do the second thing we need to let go of. I think this is enough for this teaching. Just this one thing to let go. This is already a whole, whole thing in our lives already. But I want to end before I get into that with the next episode of me teaching I want to end with that quote one more time. The more you let go of that childish need for affirmation from authority, the more you gain the sacredness and power of your own voice.